people who should have loved you, thought you thought they would love you, and then they secured by love. Sometimes your love can have been interrupted, and it caused you to lose the security that should come through love, but we, we can work it out. We can work it out. If you have your Bibles, uh, please uh, hold them up and share, share with your neighbor. If they don't have a Bible or devices you're using, please hold them up. And let's make our confession of faith. Then we'll get right into the word. Say this after me. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I have what it says I have. Today I receive the word of God. I boldly confess. My mind is alert. My heart is receptive. I'll never be the same as I receive the incorruptible, indestructible, ever-living seed of the word of God. I'll never be the same. Never, never, never. In Jesus' name, I'll never be the same. Amen. We have been talking about these elements of love, these seven elements of love that we have been talking about, and we gave you a list of those, and I don't have time to review it. So today we're going to talk about when love heals. When love heals. Unfortunately, sometime in life, sometime in our lives, we have we go through things where love hurts. How many of you know it can be a dangerous thing to love other people like they can never hurt you? Love like you've never been hurt before. It can be very dangerous, and so we're going to talk about some things, and then we're going to get to it. Verse 25, Luke chapter 10, verse 25. And behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him, saying, Teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? Or what shall I do to get the life of God? I want the zoe, the zoe, which is the life of God. I want that life. What must I do to get it? He said to him, What is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And he said to him, you have answered rightly. You answered the exam correctly. The next words, he says, is do this. Do what? Walk in love. Notice he didn't say, walk in love with the people you like or walk in love with the people that look like you. He didn't say, walk in love with the co-workers you enjoy being around. He said, walk in love, and when you do this, you will live or you will discover or you will experience the life of God. The Zoe, you'll get the life of God. So this is his desire. Next verse, 29. But he wanting to justify him said to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? Who's my neighbor? Is it the person that's on my left or on my right? Is it the person behind me or in front of me? Who is my neighbor? Then Jesus said, let me teach you. Then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounding him and departed, 
leaving him half dead. Now, this was known as the Jericho Road, and so it is a very dangerous road because there would be scavengers there waiting to just plunder people. And so this guy was there by himself, walking on a very dangerous road, a dangerous path, and he was by himself, and then he had some things to happen to him. Verse 31, now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Now you might be looking at the priest and wondering, why would a priest do that? Well, you know, for a priest, because he's a very religious man, he knows if he goes in over where the dead is, that makes him unclean for seven days. So now he wants to honor the law that he's under, the religious law. Lord, have mercy. Sometimes people in church, they want to honor the law and forget about the love. We want to do the right thing, which is the law, but we forget about the main thing, which is the love. And so he decided, I I can't go over there. So he decided to pass him by on the other side. Likewise, a Levite, when when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. So here it is, a Levite who is in Leviticus, man, and, and he comes by and he goes, at least he goes over. He goes over, but he goes over and he makes assessment. He's dead already, so I might as well go on where I'm headed. Sometimes we look at situations in other people's lives and we examine it and think, well, that's dead. I ain't no need me giving no time to it. And we just keep moving. Then verse 33, but a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was. The Samaritan went to him. The Samaritan looks at him, and when he saw him, he had compassion. Compassion. Love is such a force that it will move you. Listen, some people display pity. Oh, I can't believe that happened to you. They display pity, but they don't have compassion because it doesn't make them do anything. When you got love, when you got the love of God, the love of God will make you do things for people that you don't even relate well with. The love of God will make you do things for someone who don't even like you. The love of God will cause you to go out of your way to love on somebody who despitefully uses you. The love of God will turn around and show love to someone who was abusing you. Oh, y'all getting quiet now. But if you want the human love, the human love just examines the situation and says, I don't want no part of that. Let's go, let's go. So as he journeyed, he came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds. Compassion, love. Love is such a force, it moves you to do something. So he moved, he bandaged his wound, pouring on oil and wine. Everybody say oil and wine. Come, oh, no, yo, can you all say it? Say oil and wine. I just wonder this morning if there's anybody in the room that may have had some things that happen in your life throughout your lifetime where nobody ever poured oil and wine in. And you don't even realize that you might still be walking around wounded because nobody ever took time to show love or give you love that could heal the wounds. Are you all hearing me? And so he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. On the next day when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the uh, innkeeper, and said to him, take care of of him, and whatever more you spend, 
when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who shows mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, and Jesus says to us, go and do likewise. Y'all ready to go? Now, I'm going to come back and visit with this element. This was the element that we left off on, on the healing element. I'm going to come back and address the healing element. But, but let me right now just take you into this element of inconvenience. Love is not always convenient. See, if, love, if you have found love in your life and it's always easy for you to do, you haven't got, you haven't got this God kind of love yet. Because the element of inconvenience, when the level of your carnality or the level of your flesh is stretched or challenged or confronted. <laughs> here's, here's how when you know that you need uh, this love part of the love area to grow in your life. When you encounter situations and it makes things rise up on the inside of you. And then God make you aware, oh, you still need some work in that area. When some little situation all of a sudden calls you want to pop off, God causes that thing to rise up and say, oh, you still need a little work in this area. You still need some growth in, in this area. And it's not going to always be convenient for you, but I point these things, I allow them to come up in your life so you can see that you're not all that you think you are yet. Everybody that's arrived in this area, just say, that's me, that's me, I arrived. Everybody's still in process, say, oh, I'm in process, I'm in process. Yeah, 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 I'm in process. Uh-huh. See, you don't have to feel like you're left out because everybody in the room is still in process. Trying to perfect this love thing. And, the, and God says, you cannot get this Zoe life that I offer until you learn to walk in this. God, I want the life of God. I want that. But God, people. People. Can I help you with something? If you want a new definition or a new way to look at love, love is spelled P-E-O-P-L-E. People. That thing you don't even like. I don't like people. So it's, so it's interesting. God allows this stuff to come up in our lives. Inconvenience. The word inconvenience is defined as not suited to your personal comfort or ease. Not suited to your personal comfort or ease. So when things are not easy for you and it is a demand placed on you for, the, for you to love, then if you desire to draw back, you're not walking in this love that God wants you to walk in. Tell your neighbor, it's not easy. But I sure plan on accomplishing it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. 
Then this other element, this other element that I want to give you that, that may take a, take a little bit of time and stretch us is the element of journey and investment. The element of journey and investment. Let me see if I can find anybody. Has anybody had people to walk with them through some hard times? Okay, let me, let me see. That sounded too easy. Uh, has anybody had people to walk with you when you were difficult to walk with? Where you at? Where you at? Oh, okay, okay. So I got some real. My, 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 my. Yeah. Journey and investment. See, when you love at this level that God is talking about, the, the love, the element of journey and investment, it, people can totally misunderstand it because we think that once people arrive at their highest and best love, then we'll give them our best love. When you are perfected, then I'll show my love to you. When you are walking with God the right way, then I'm going to love you. Because I don't understand that love requires me to journey with you when you don't even understand who God is in your life. And so you're living like the devil, and I'm still required to walk in love with you. But it's hard for me to walk in love with you while you're living like the devil because it's coming up against everything in me that I believe. And then I will say, I will turn that and say, well, listen, you don't really want it. So since you don't really want it, I'm out. Yeah, 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 yeah. I like when y'all start listening closely like that. The truth is, the truth is people will only arrive at that place when we give them our highest and best love. People will only get to the place you desire to see them at when you give them your highest and your best love. In other words, stop trying to get them to perform for your love. Love is not about performance. Because if it was about performance, we would have never made it to the cross. Jesus didn't wait for us to be perfected. Watch this. Jesus went to a cross, got on a cross for your sin, for your sin, your sin, my sin. He got up on a cross and he said, I am going to make this investment. Because I'm trusting that what I'm about to do for them, there's going to come a day that they're going to return love back to me. And then you want to require people to have it right and have it all together before you give them your best love. When my husband started acting right, when he started coming to church like he's supposed to, then I'm going to show him the love. When my wife stopped withholding on me, then I'm going to show her the best. Mm -hmm. See, we start saying things like, once, once my child stopped drinking and stopped partying, then I'm going to give them my best love. Well, can you journey with your child while they are drinking and partying? Oh, thank you for the... Maybe you the ones that had to go through that, and so you kept, or you walking it out now. But it makes me wonder about the rest of you. Mm. 
Watch this. Here's what's the hard truth about this guy. The truth is, they may never stop. And even if they don't stop, can you still love? This is good stuff right here. <laughs> it could be that you and I giving our highest and best love now may be the very thing that they need in order to get to the place where they will stop. In other words, I'm going to love you so much, I'm going to love it out of you. Here's what I understand about the children of God. We don't believe that God is great enough to love them and get them out of it. Yet we say we walk by faith but not by sight. But every time you see them, you respond to what you see. And to what you, instead of what you desire to see. Love sees the best when the other person is at their very worst. Ask your neighbor, will you journey with me? Will you make an investment in me? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Praise God, praise God. Is it okay for your spouse to mess up and it takes the love of God for you to cover them and walk with them? Or when they mess up, do they have to hear from you? Parents, parents, is it okay for your child to mess up and you to extend grace and mercy? Or when they mess up, do they have to hear you? As though you never messed up. And most of us wouldn't get real enough to share with our children our real mess up. Maybe if I would give the child the truth of my own life, I might prevent them from doing some things. Yours stink too. I said yours stink too. Oh yes, amen. Investment. Investment means, watch this, investment. When a person is not yet but can be. <laughs> when a person is not yet, but they can be, can you still make an investment when a person is not yet, but they can be? Can you still give them some of your time to hear the love of God through you even though they're not yet what they can be. Then watch this journey. Journey is where they are not yet, but they can be. <laughs> when a person is not where they're supposed to be yet, but they can be. How many of us, how many of us, really guys, Think about it. Don't raise your hand on this. But how many of us guys oftentimes really think that we need to wait till people 
turn it around, and then we'll show up. Or how many of us have walked with people, and then when they say they want what we are offering, and then when we come to them, they're not ready for it yet, and we get upset and we walk away. Journey and investment. I know what this person has the potential to become, but they're not there yet. I know where this person's supposed to be in life, but they're not there yet. I can invest and journey with them in the process of them becoming. Watch this. With the potential, they may never arrive there. I am so thankful for Jesus in my life that Jesus didn't just see one mistake. He didn't just wait and see two mistakes in my life. He didn't just wait and see three mistakes. He didn't just show up when I came to the altar the first time, when I came back to the altar the second time, when I came to the altar the eighth time, when I came to the altar the 23rd time. He still journeyed and invested in me. Ah, Because I believe he saw this day. He saw where I was supposed to be, but I wasn't yet. He saw what potential I had, but I wasn't there yet. But he said, it's still worth the investment. It's still worth me journeying with him. Are you guys hearing this? Oh, I believe the love of journey and investment is the toughest love to walk in. <sighs> Pastor, why do you say that? Because there comes real fear with it. Real fear comes with this. How long will this take? How long do I have to keep walking with this joker? We've been doing this for seven years. How long will this take? Let me show you how long, how long things can take sometime. That's a great question to ask. Go to Romans 12, if you would, real quickly. Romans 12. Is this making sense to anybody? We don't hear a lot of this stuff talked about in service no more because everybody just want a self-help message, praise God. Help me to get what I need. Help me to get what I want. Give me those six steps to getting it. Well, learn how to love. And you'll have it all. Are you in Romans 12? Watch this. Verse number 18. So interesting. If it is possible. Everybody say, if it is possible. No, 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 no. Say it so I can hear you. If it is possible. possible. Now watch this. If it is possible, as much as depend on you, live peaceably with all men. Everybody look up. How long do I have to journey and invest with someone? When do I get to call it quits? Isn't that the real deal? Isn't that the real deal? Do I have to do this forever with them? Or when do I get to draw a boundary? I got the answer for you. As much as it depends on you. Pastor, what do you mean by that? See, I may be able to walk with someone much longer than you can. 
But as much as it depends on the individual, just because I can go five years with them, you may only be able to go two. As much as it depends on you, <laughs> you're not required to do what somebody else is doing. You're only required to do as much as it depends on you. Uh, here's the thing that we, we do, guys, and this is where we miss it and get things wrong. There are times we have walked with people and we have allowed them to cash so many NSF checks in our souls. And they have been cashing checks and there have been no deposits. And whenever there are checks being cashed and there's an NSF, an NSF, an NSF, eventually that account will go bankrupt. And unfortunately, people oftentimes, they are trying to journey and walk with people who have just been cashing checks for so long on their soul. And they are now bankrupt and they have nothing more to give. As much as it depends on me. That's when you say, listen, I need you to give me a moment. I need a little time away from this situation. Because I cannot allow you to keep trying to cash checks where there are no deposits. Well, what you mean? What you mean you can't give me no more money? There's no more money for me to give you. I have to now go take care of my soul and make sure I'm okay so that when I return to you, you can write another check. Here's, here, watch this, watch this. It's okay to have that healthy boundary. It's not okay for you not to ever return. It's okay to say I need to walk away for a while. It's not okay for you not to return. Even if you return to say, listen, this is my boundary. No longer can you write these checks on my soul. But it is important to return. It is important to return. You don't just walk away and then ignore them. I'm so glad I got away from that situation. Oh, my God, they were draining the life out of me. I know they were draining the life out of you. That's why you needed to get away from them. You, but you weren't supposed to get away from them forever. Now, let me clarify. There are some people who will so bankrupt your soul that all the cancer and poison and, and stuff that's in them will then come in you. For those individuals, you need to stay far away from. Okay, so y'all, y'all, don't, don't let that confuse you. If a situation is going to turn you worse than you were, stay far from it. Stay far from them. There are some thems that we need to stay far from. Hello. Oh, my, 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 my. I got to keep moving. I got to keep moving. Ah. there's way too many things that happen in our soul and nobody ever knows the leaks that are in our souls. Did you hear what I said? Nobody else ever knows the leaks that are in our souls. Therefore, you cannot tell somebody else how long they need to stay. As much as it depends on you. But you and I have to be willing to walk by faith. 
and not by sight. Then finally, we have this, we have this element of love called the element of dual risk. <laughs> the element of dual risk. Dual risk is when the level of your spirituality is challenged, confronted, or stretched. When the level of your spirituality is challenged, confronted, or stretched. In the story, back over in Luke 10, we see the man, the, we see the Samaritan. He comes alongside. He bandages up the guy's wounds. He takes care of him. And then he says, I believe this is going to cost about this much for the innkeeper to properly take care of him. And so this is a risk I'm going to take. I'm going to give up this amount of money. But then I'm going to go on and journey about what I had to do. But if this costs you more, when I come back, listen to me, this speaks volume to me. What type of relationship did the Samaritan have with the innkeeper? That he must journey this way often that he could say to the innkeeper, take me at my word, whatever more you have to spend on him, when I come back through, I'm going to take care of that. Journey of dual risk. After you have gone so far with someone and you've got them right where you think they need to be and they choose to walk away. And you said, but I only counted the cost for this much. Now, it's a risk for me to go and try to recapture them again. Because they may turn and walk away from me and then I'm going to be hurt. And if you're going to hurt me, then it's my natural instinct to protect myself. Is God not big enough to protect us from hurt? You've become so big that you have to protect yourself. You don't even trust God to protect you. You don't even know how he did me. Mm -hmm. But do you believe God's big enough? It's a risk. And there are some risks that are worth taking with people. Are you hearing me? We're going to finish up with this. Can, can y'all go ahead and put, put that up, next slide up? <sighs> when love heals. That is our title this morning, When Love Heals. There is this healing element that each one of us must be aware of. Mm. And this healing element, you may not have been directly responsible for the pain the other person is experiencing or have experienced. But yet God has chosen you to come alongside of them to be the one to bandage their wounds. This happened in their last relationship. But God allowed them to come to you for you to bandage the wounds from the last relationship. This abuse came from the other person that they were with. Yeah, but God allowed them to come to you for you to bandage the wounds of that abuse that they experienced. That was a rape from a previous situation. Yeah, but God allowed them to come to you for you to bandage the wounds that they experienced in that rape. 
Oh, sicky, sicky now. How many of us are sitting in the room, and I already know you're here. You're sitting in the room, and you got wounds from childhood. And nobody in the room, nobody in the room was necessarily responsible for the pain that you've experienced in your past. But God put them in the room to bandage the wounds by pouring in oil and wine. But I don't even know if I can open my heart and allow them to see. When I was young and how I got molested. When I was raped. And I couldn't even tell anybody that that happened in my life. I was raped. When I lost my virginity and I wasn't even desiring to do that. Don't move around. You just let whatever the Spirit of God do happen. Because we pouring in oil and wine in this place. Oil and wine. I was abandoned by my parents and they didn't show forth any love for my life. They left me to be alone. No one ever came around. Yes, somebody took care of me, but nobody came around to pour in oil and wine where my pain was. So yes, I've been moving and taking steps forward in my life, but I'm walking around wounded. And I want to recover. I want to heal. I want to get better. And I'm seeing myself progressing, but I'm still dealing with wounds. You didn't know why I became the alcoholic I became. You didn't know why I smoked and took the drugs that I took. You didn't know why I started selling drugs, trying to make a thing happen in my life. Because of pain. Because of pain. And no one ever was willing to take the time and just stop and say, I love you just for who you are. And if you allow me to pour oil and wine in that place of pain, I have no desire to hurt you or to harm you, but I'm telling you I'm an agent of God's mercy, and God has sent me to connect to your life, to pour oil and wine where it hurts. I don't have to know where it hurts, but he knows all things, and you didn't even realize he was right there in the moment of the pain. He would not allow it to kill you or take you out because he wanted someone to reach that place to pour the oil and wine in. I don't know who I'm talking to this morning. Can you throw that? Can you throw that slide up on the screen real quickly for me, guys? You guys got that? Do you have that slide about the four creations of man? The four creations of man. Let me just throw this up there. Listen, guys, hear me, hear me. 
Everybody, there are four creations we all have. The first creation is our human creation. Our human creation, everyone is created in the image and likeness of God. You don't have to serve God, you don't have to love God, but you are created in the image and likeness of God. Can you go to the second creation? The second creation is the gender creation. The gender creation is where things begin to get complicated. Why? Because we were made male and female, and now we have different parts of the image of God. But we are different from each other. The part of God that likes intimacy, fellowship, and relationship was deposited into the heart of the female. And the part of God that desires adoration, honor, and praise was deposited inside of a man. And it, when it comes, watch this, watch this. It's so crazy because when it comes to a day off between my wife and I, when it comes to a day off between us, because we have these two creations, we have all these creations going on in our life. When I have a day off, I am thinking rest, relaxation, and chill. When she has a day off and we are off together, she is thinking, wow, it's time for us to get things done. That can be a serious problem. <laughs> because if I'm thinking a day off is rest, relaxation, and chill, and potentially with limited amount of clothes, praise God. <laughs> put my shorts on, put my socks on, and my tank top, and chill out. And then she's like, babe, it's our day off. We can clean the garage. What? <laughs> Clean the garage. See, so there is a real difference when it comes to male and female. But watch this. God said, I made them both in my image and likeness. So I can't look at what she desires to do for rest and say, babe, something's wrong with you. She can't look at me and say, babe, something's wrong with you. It's just the creation. The third creation, the third creation, we all have this. Watch this. First, there's the human creation. Then there's the gender creation. And thirdly, there's your individual creation. You were created with a distinct DNA. There is nobody on the planet like you. This is one time I want you to be, be a little arrogant. Say, there ain't nobody like me. No, see, some, some of y'all, y'all so religious, y'all can't even, come on, can y'all have a little moment of, just a little moment of, say, there ain't nobody like me. Yeah, can't do this like I can do this. Can't do what I do, because I am unique. Are you hearing me? That's your individual creation. You have things that nobody else have. And then finally, the fourth creation. The fourth creation is the historical creation. My, my, my. The historical creation. Since the day you were born, somebody started writing on your soul. Since the day you were born, someone started writing on your soul. There's been ugly stuff written all on people's history. And the love of God does not say, I didn't do that to you. The truth is, you've been through some stuff, and I want you to know I'm willing to pour in oil and wine to see you be better. Even though I had nothing to do with the pain you've been caused, I am here to pour the oil and the wine in. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Mm.
Every head bowed, every eye closed. Stand on your feet if you don't mind. Mm-hmm. 